Radio in the weekly program Current Affairs. Now we bring you a discussion on security scenario in Jammu and Kashmir. The participants are Lieutenant General Rakesh Sharma, defense expert, and Amitabh Sinha, political analyst. Sudhi Ranjan Sen, journalist, initiates and moderates the discussion. The Prime Minister of India, Narendra Modi, yesterday addressing the nation from the ramparts of Red Fort not only came up with a very, very convincing explanation or reasons why 370 have been removed. Kashmir has been stripped of its special status. Also talked about major higher defense reform by talking about bringing in the chief of defense staff. To discuss all this, we have with us a very experienced panel. Lieutenant General Rakesh Sharma, who's served in Kashmir, who's seen internal security up close, been there, done that, and also senior journalist Amitabh. So let me throw the question to Lieutenant General Rakesh Sharma and this is on Kashmir. The Prime Minister is saying that if 370 was so important for Kashmir, why did previous governments leave it as temporary? A temporary provision in the Constitution of India. Initially when 370 came up, it came up as 306 and they changed over to 370. When it came up, it was given to the Constituent Assembly of JNK to recommend removal of it. By the time they would finish the job. And they finished the job in 1956 and JNK constitution came in. And they said JNK is integral part of India, which was written in the JNK constitution. But they did not recommend removal of 370, which was, and the nation was hoping they would do so. Probably that by that time, the relations of between Sheikh Abdullah was already in jail and uh, Pandit Nehru had already, the differences had come up. So they didn't recommend it. And it remained into the temporary and transition special provisions in that chapter of the constitution and rightly so it remained like that but over a period of time i think uh, the governments of the congress felt that they could work around 370 by diluting it so over a period of time large number of dilutions have taken place large number of issues have been absorbed the indian constitution had been absorbed in 370 and you know 64 pandit nehru said you know it is gradually it will wear away or you know it will wean away but actually didn't wear away it remained in this form, in a skeleton form, for quite some time. And we have also tried in 1987, we tried a, I mean, one of the constitutional amendments was put through, applicable to JNK through the governor's rule. And this year, in 1st of March also, we tried to do the same thing to constitutional amendments. So the Congress probably had a constituency in JNK and did not want to touch it because of their electoral gains, etc. But they were gradually diluting it. It needed to be removed. Especially the 35 Alpha. 35 Alpha had actually disenfranchised nearly 13 lakh odd people. Now you combine both the West Pakistan refugees and the POK displaced persons. There's 13 lakh odd people staying in the belt between Hiranagar, Samba, Jammu, Akhnur and all these belts which are not been able to vote. It's a very severe thing. So 35 Alpha was actually needed to go away. It's a very bold decision taken by this government. And the Prime Minister very rightly explained in the speech yesterday morning he explained to it that just to say that you keep diluting it, not the answer, because it still stands. And you know, everything is not applicable. The right to education and many other were not applicable. So it needed to be removed. And I think it's a very bold step taken. Amitabh, moving on. Prime Minister also talks about empowering people, the investment, and also dynasty politics. You know politics inside out better than very many people. How do you think it will play out in the valley? 
one of the most politically deft moves prime minister already announced that something will go in the party manifesto said that they will remove 370 they will abrogate article 35a but from the rampants of the red fort prime minister speaking about kashmir and his priority this shows that the government's priority to bring back normalcy in kashmir and this is why since last one or two years they knew they don't have majority in rajya sabha in modi one now they have majority in rajya sabha they passed it in rajya sabha but in kashmir there was being slowly and deftly they were doing the things to put on track they just put hurriyat behind bars they withdrew their security the allegations of corruption all the stone pelting incidents they just exposed the hurriyat leaders the things were going on they blamed mufti mohammad said family mehbooba mufti they blamed abdullah family all three families were blamed for bringing misfortune to kashmir the things are moving on smoothly in this direction when the modi government again came and this was the right time prime minister find found that this was the right time to do this now the first priority is to bring back normalcy in the valley jammu is fine leh is fine they are celebrating but bringing back normalcy in valley is now their first priority with the doing it very deftly i think even on eid day most yeah. of the restrictions were removed yeah, more than 50% shops were the things will move back to normal but politically if you look at it what happens to the national conference the pdp because now it is a union territory do they survive or a difficult will, question I, i can tell you one thing the now it has become a state with central control union territory this like just like delhi or pondicherry or some other state elections will go now they will bring do elections after delimitation the committee has not yet been formed they will form the committee that will do delimitation and after delimitation one thing is clear that apart from that 24 seats in pok 90 seats will be in jammu kashmir most of the seats will be in jammu region due to population srinagar will lag far behind in number of seats elections are not round the corner it will come some late it will come late but before that delimitation delimitation is going to happen general uh, moving on from internal politics to external the way the moves that have happened abrogation stripping kashmir of special status has kind of stumped pakistan firstly you say it's come to all of us also it, you know it, many of us who are but it, it is more important for pakistan because yeah. they have been kind of you know keeping this issue alive sponsoring yeah. terrorism pakistan it was kind of identity issue you know anti indian kashmir kashmir is you know would binded pakistan as an entity now when you suddenly see in the horizon that kashmir is not going to be an issue anymore what would bind what gives the strength to pakistan army which is the man behind the scenes suddenly they will find that they are nothing to get everybody together presently the bogi was always there you know there is firing on the loc in kashmir people are being killed suddenly if all goes well into in kashmir valley pakistan army has no local standard to stand and tell the own public that we have an entity by itself so the loss to them is tremendous and as they say the prime minister the selected prime minister not an elected gentleman he is actually voicing the concerns of the pakistan army the state within the state and therefore it hurt them tremendously i would say that they were many people would have been anticipating 35 alpha to be removed because it came in different manner but nobody was expecting 370 especially because of the legalities involved to go away i am dead sure that they were they were stumped badly stumped as to what that's why every day they come up with something new they just crowding around today they said movies can't be shown yesterday they, every day they are coming up what else can be done i think it matters to them tremendously and so they are think a weak pakistan that has helped this cause also yes pakistan i mean both and in the diplomatic arena in the economic you know sector yeah. they are at their weakest at the moment i would just address the issue of pdp and national conference what happens is that they had 
couple of meetings together between the PDP leadership and the National Conference over some time. One meeting took place, everybody together. Would they join up together in the next elections in some form to fight against the BJP as an entity? as was tried out in say UP or many other places because they know standing alone they won't have a success. They will be frittered away. So it won't be so easy. It has to be a well-fought election. Maybe politics will mean more splitting of these parties into uh, smaller, smaller groups, getting more politicians to come up because there are no significant alternatives available. One thought Shah Faisal will come up as one alternative in his party, but Shah Faisal has also turned in a different way. As the general was saying, I mean, I'm taking a cue from the general, you know, smaller parties or different faces in politics. The recent uh, Panchayat elections, Amitabh, mm-hmm. has given us some indication of the vibrant politics. Exactly. They conducted elections in 40,000 Panchayats and released, I think, funds more than 4,000 crores for that. And even a single village Panchayat getting one and one half crores to spend for their development, this is a great money. Funds South Kashmir Valley, the 40,000 punts, they are the new faces of the future democratic setup in Kashmir and they will come out. These three families, they, will, they are not going to be wiped out in the first election or two elections. But slowly and steadily, I think BJP will groom some of them. They are working what on that problem. Will, I think will be new the, faces. Exactly. New faces will come and they will come up. Till the time delimitation takes place, the situation will come back to normal in Valley. The government is expecting that. On the issue of normalcy, I mean, today we've heard the Chief Secretary of Jammu and Kashmir, you know, holding a press conference at 3 in the afternoon there and saying that curbs are being relaxed slowly, schools, uh, colleges are going to start in Jammu, in Kashmir. Jammu, of course, there has been no trouble. And telecom, so to say, connectivity being restored slowly in a phased manner. From what one could understand, that it is going to be the restoration of telecom connectivity and all that, maybe restricted in some areas, but larger areas will slowly start seeing things going back to normal. Not the first time in Kashmir, general. I mean, we have seen this before. Yeah, we have seen it a number of times. Bulan Wani was once a recent case, and there are many other times in life there have been curfews of this kind. But we always felt that the curfew has counterproductive in many manners. So if you have, say, about 25 lakh odd kids going to school, you have about 10,000 odd schools there. These kids who don't go to school are being indoctrinated at home because they see the photographs of the kids and kids who have passed away. And so the, the radicalization lead is led by these children who are not they are only uh, school-going kids who are throwing stones, etc. So it's good that this, the curfew ought to be relaxed. It's good that the schools take off. It's good that the examinations take place so that the kids go there. Maybe you give, have a midday meal scheme so the child goes in the morning, has a lunch there, comes back in the evening, is tired after football and then, you know, he goes out to study. So you are weaning the population away from that radicalization, which is a very major issue to be addressed in, in especially the 6th Southern District, the four districts of South and the two central districts of Badgam and Srinagar. These six districts will have to ease off as early as possible. General, I mean, you've been posted in Kashmir. And what we now, more or less, if you drill down uh, the data and if you look at it, the entire problem is limited to only a few districts in the valley. Six districts. There are ten districts in the valley, and there are six districts, four of the south, which is Pulwama, Taral, 
टू सेंट्रल बदगाम एंड श्रीनगर बारामूला एंड बारामूला Which way or what is your gut feel? Which way do you see it going? The people of Kashmir will also understand that they have to live and they have to do earning. They have to do their business. They have to store something for their winters also. Once before Eid also, the, the I think restrictions were imposed on Sunday, on, on, on Sundays Sunday. and Saturday. Restrictions were somewhat lot of it were removed. Some yeah. restrictions were removed. I have a data, Shudhi. I will tell you on the Eid day in Bandipura Darul Rahimia. Masjid, mosque. 5,000 people gathered there for prayers. Baramula, 10,000 people. Idgah in Kopwara, 3,500. Even in Anantnag, Gandharbal, 7,000 people. Pulwama, 1,800. Srinagar, there are hundreds of local mosques. The people thronged in large numbers. We have at Charara Sharif, 5,000 people. This is the government data, maybe. But people congregated, prayed there. Even local business, even in Srinagar, 50% of the shops were open on the Eid day. and the sheep and goats were sold in majority even there that data perhaps it's an apprehension which will never come true perhaps yeah. things will settle down we hope for the best maybe the apple season it starts off now it's so the next 3 months and the maximum apple comes from the sopur mandi and chopia mandi sopur is second largest mandi in india and lands up directly at azadpur mandi out here so in the apple season it's a good crop There are lakhs and lakhs of boxes being packed out there, and right. so many thousands of trucks moving up and down. If all this starts off, normally also things tend to settle down in this period of apple season because it's a very large earning. For one, one of the yeah, it's one of the yeah. primary earnings. Moving on from Kashmir, but keeping our focus sharply on security, the Prime Minister announced yesterday that India is going to have its Chief of Defence Staff, much-needed higher defence reform, in layman's terms, sir. for the common man what does it mean to have a chief of defense staff firstly the issue is that the warfare changed it's been changing over a very long period of time the british started this in 1963 the americans came up with goldwater nichols in 87 so the a leader of this kind among the services single point leadership has been there even pakistan has got one so chinese got sri lankans have got it we did not have because largely the three services were in their silos and they were fighting independent wars now the wars are not independent it is just one whole just not that the army is going to fight or the navy is going to fight or the air force going to fight it has to be combined together cds epitomizes the issue of joint warfare so that one man is not only a question of single point advice that yes there is a the issue of finding jointness in warfare and it becomes the beginning of the three services to join together to fight a single war in which means there is no primacy involved absolutely required kargil review committee reports gom which is led by mr advani in those years uh, that is for 20 years ago said that it needs to be done and many things were done but you know there was always cup on the lip and you know you came close to it and you went back to it and then narish chandra committee which happened about 8 9 years ago also said okay they took a step back and said not a cds but a permanent chief of defense staff one among equals 
and then shikatkar committee which was made by mr manohar parikar also came up with the same thing it has been recommended the command and control was exercised by consensus you know three chiefs getting sitting together and every man rotationally becomes the chief a rotation could be four months like the chief marshal dhanwa is four months then general bipin rawat will be for three months so you know three months is not able to exercise his command and control and then they sit together and decide by consensus that's not the method of fighting future wars so it was required and they said political initial when upa 1 upa 2 time they said okay we are getting the political views consensus. on this consensus and all that but it has never come through it was much required we were hoping it would happen in nda 1 number of times we came close to it the prime minister addresses twice to commanders conferences once on vikramaditya in 15 in ima in 17 january he said get on with it but the services were not able to generate it a year and a half ago three chiefs decided okay yes we require it and the government has taken a decision it's a very bold decision taken i hope it will be a beginning to a much larger integration between services and that would be the actually success of having a cds and politically a pat on the back for the prime minister for Amitabh, taking this bold decision obviously but amitabh i i would like want you to focus on the fact that what the general was saying that earlier a lot of this had been stalled or had dragged because there was lack of political consensus there was also this nagging feeling perhaps nobody stated this but perhaps there was this entire thing about the trust between the elected executive and the trust between the uniformed forces this decision i mean going forward and saying we will have it does it mean that both have now seemly matured as a country but all those have gone tell me your political answer politically what the bjp says one liner modi hai to mumkin hai this is the line bjp always says he is a tough political leader he knows the intricacies of the politics he has five years he understood the system of delhi armed forces even you cover home and defense how he has taken all the main meetings out of delhi he meets the dgps in kutch and guwahati he has taken some bold decisions this is a part of that this will benefit the country in taking when the cs meets one chief of defense staff sitting there instead of three chiefs he will take he is aware of all the things what is going on in the three forces once he sees there he will be able to guide the prime minister and the an entire cabinet cs that is beneficial for the country also general but having a cds there could be very many forms of the cds one could be the american form one could be the australian form and number of countries number of forms at the same point of time it is said that you can take a man out of the green i mean out of the army but you cannot take the green out of him how do you see this gap being bridged because whoever becomes the cds whether from the army whether from the navy or from the air force will have a certain allegiance to his service very valid question issue is that we have been stating over a period of time that we get trained in the national defense academy together and so we know either you know friendly networks across and then staff college later high command course or ndc or whatever but that has actually not brought about the kind of integration that we needed to bring integration so while the cds is one issue we need to get integrated like you see in the united states you say a man has to serve into a joint service environment two three th- times before he comes up to a flag rank or senior rank we don't have a system like that so while a cds helps but the integration at lower levels ought to start simultaneously to bring him otherwise you're right that parochialness will always stand and it needs to be cut that we need to empower the cds see he should not become a sesc only the presently you know the sesc so he is just one more step above sesc he is four star so he that won't help the sesc is not help bringing that kind of joinness so he needs to be empowered now the power comes from where the power comes from operations 
from many other issues of those kinds where he is able to dictate and if he is not handling operations totally then he is not a single point advisor on operations to the government. If the three services keep handling their own stuff then he only becomes a coordinator for procurement say. So that empowerment has to process has to start. The gentleman is required today, tomorrow, maybe two years hence they will come across to the next step of reforms which will empower him in many other manners then. And as you are aware they created these three joint service divisions now there is a division size forces, special forces, the cyber, uh, command, force cyber command division. There, is a, there are two standing commands, this SFC and the Andaman command which all were being handled in a very distant manner because the CISC, these people were equal in rank of CISC. Now he is able to command these three divisions plus these two standing forces so he has a substantive command to do. And the procurement of course, the government has said, as in saying that you need to coordinate procurement. You can't say, I, I want to buy this and he wants to buy this and you want to buy separately. Much he can do, but much more needs to be done over a period of time in empowering is also integrating at the base levels. Till the time we start that, it is not going to achieve much. But without having a man at the helm, then you are only deciding by consensus. That system was not functioning all right. I mean, the one thing that I was very keen and I was very noticed it. The Prime Minister yesterday when announcing the CDS underlined the coordination part of it. He made it a point. What do you think of that? PM always stresses on and focus on coordination. Even all the strikes which took place, we can Balakot or Yuri, Post Yuri. You have seen coordination of all the forces. All the even air force is doing something. Then army is also taken on confidence. Even all the three forces, if they strike accordingly with a plan, they are going to they are bound to be success. And this has happened in the past. That's why he always stresses on coordination, be it in paramilitary against Naxals. He focuses on intelligence sources also, IB, NetGrid, all things are being strengthened. You have been covering everything since long, so you must be aware of the fact that even Amisha, the Home Minister, he's taking lots of interest in gathering intelligence inputs more before striking anything, before taking any final decision. Coordination will serve the purpose better and this political leadership is doing fine. The armed forces, even paramilitary, must be very happy with these bold decisions. Bold decision, no doubt, as Amitabh is saying. But what do you think is going to be the first shape form of the CDS? Because you obviously cannot immediately ask the CDS, ask the current chiefs and the organizations to hand over operations. He has to build in what he has. It is not going to be an easy in for him also to handle the whole thing and create a, an organization which is as effective. But then obviously when the issues are directly handled by the CCS or the PMO or by the MHA which also deals extensively or the MOD through the permanent CDS, then the service headquarters will also remember, okay, now we have to route our uh, discussions through these permanent CDS. So they are also say, okay, now we have to keep this gentleman on his own side. And he has to perforce also, and he has a team of all the three services. So he carries his own team. So obviously, there would be people now understanding that there is one more tier or one more layer between the service headquarters and the Ministry of Defense and the CCS. And that layer is called Permanent Chief of Defense Staff. That layer which CIS could not formulate. So what happens is then now, since they have to handle permanent CDS, then obviously there will be little power resting in his corner. If I say I want helicopters, the same types and the Air Force also he wants same helicopters. Now he can say, okay, you can't do this. You can't have infrastructure being created by you and you and you. Or for that matter, he can now dictate on training or logistics. See, the supply chains are separately for all the three services. He could dictate, okay, enough. Now you have one coordinated supply chains or you have one coordinated training in such uh, training academies. You know, why should you have 
separate academies training, same things. So as he develops and he exercises command and control over the assets across there, I think he'll develop. It's not one day's job. It will take time. But one should have great hope into this. The other thing, General, I want you to reflect upon is issue of foreign cooperation. The Army does its foreign cooperation yeah. in one way. The Navy does it. Naval diplomacy we have seen. A very yeah. strong naval diplomacy we have because of the nature yeah. of the Navy and also the Air Force. Perhaps this could also go to the CDS. These are significant issues and there needs to be a little coordination. There is an operations department and there is a training department already existing under CISC. The Department of Doctrine and Training and the Department of Joint Ops. And Joint Ops already handles disaster. So disaster, wherever it happens, it is handled by CISC. So he, that's a major charter. So when you know, tomorrow the floods, etc., etc., will be handled by him. Now, when we start coordinating things, it would lead to differences. Now, when you say foreign cooperation, there are DAs, there are defense advisors, you know, I think 40, 45 of them, whatever numbers they have. Some of them report to respective service headquarters and some of them report to the, like, the DIA. So now there needs to be a coordination. Foreign cooperation, foreign training, foreign courses, there is immense amount of policy parameters on what you are signing with Russians and what you are signing with the Americans. All this is being handled separately. Now there should be a central agency to handle it and I think they have to create it. They don't have a system in the IDS headquarters to coordinate all this. But I think in time they'll have to create one. But another very interesting thing that we noticed yesterday was the Prime Minister greeting the people of Afghanistan directly. How significant is that, Amitabh? It's very significant. The Taliban talks are going on. Pakistan is involved. India is not in. Pakistan is involved. Taliban talks are going on. America is involved. Entire world community is involved. Once America leaves that country, that Whether is bound to have some impact on Kashmir also. The militia can move in here, Pakistan can use that and that's why people of Afghanistan, India is playing a major role in Afghanistan's reconstruction since the beginning after I think Russians left after the war on Afghanistan. I think India has done, invested, lot invested a lot in Afghanistan. Afghanistan. That's why congratulating them, bringing Afghanistan near, that can check Pakistan also. General, the way Pakistan was given a complete ignore. Yeah. The Prime Minister mentioned Bangladesh, Sri yeah. Lanka, neighboring countries, yeah. they moved on. He said, I want to congratulate my friends, yeah. my brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. And from where do you sit? How do you look at it? That was a message being conveyed to Pakistan without naming them. Okay, enough is enough. As it is, you know, we had shifted towards Bimstek from Sark. It's a method of telling him that you're making a tremendous amount of noise. But just remember what the Taliban said to you. And Taliban gave a negative statement recently on, on this issue with, on Pakistan. And one hopes that we, it is also a message to the Taliban that we want to open lines of communication directly. You know, presently what happens in Qatar talks and our talks, we are being left out. We are not part and parcel of the discussion. And there should be some back channels or some, some method or track to track, whatever you call it, in which we open communication. If Taliban controls a major part of Afghanistan already, including areas where we have done work, sensitive work, maybe dams or maybe roads and tracks, and then we need to open up. You know, there are people, largely speaking, there are people, Pashtuns, who have been with us Indians for a very long history, centuries of history. So we need to open up. We that distaste of the hijack and all. I think we should move behind it and move ahead. I thought the message was being told to some people there that okay, look, we are wanting to come forward, and you please take a step forward. We are hoping that something is going to happen on this score. If we open up direct communication with Taliban, I think that is enough of a message across to Pakistan. And Amitabh, Pakistan has been always using this, this entire thing of non-state actors. 
it suits them, isn't it? With the Taliban coming up there or elements of Taliban turning. They've seen this in 89-90 when Soviet Union collapsed. A lot of the jihadis who then came in were foreigners. I think their economy is in shambles. And the world tour of uh, Modi and their international diplomacy, I think that has sidelined Pakistan world community. They're afraid of the sanctions under FATF. Pakistan has a lot to fear. That's why I think they are non-state actors are staying there in Pakistan. I don't think they have infiltrated in last few months. That's why Kashmir, no foreign militants. And one thing is clear, the life of a militant was earlier three and a half or four years. Now it's only four months. They track and shoot them down. That's why I think Pakistan is a shambles. They are sidelined. That's why they are not actively participating. Once they get stronger, anything else, then they will strike back. But for now, India has the great chance to bring back Kashmir to normal. General, I mean, Trump or the United States will have to withdraw through Pakistan. Their routes of withdrawal of the U.S. Army is through Pakistan, and that is why perhaps President Trump kind of warmed up to Pakistan or indicated that he was trying, everything was fine with Pakistan, whereas it was his administration that cut off aid, sent out earlier very strong messages. But now the fact that if the withdrawal does happen, which it looks like is happening, U.S. troops moving down Pakistan for withdrawal, Will that change the balance? Pakistan must be calculating the issue of EDA. They must be thinking what Americans can take and what they cannot take, which were called earlier the excess extra defense articles. So there are many other things which the Americans have to leave behind. I think we should be very cautious of the fact as to what the Americans are leaving behind, which may be handed over to the Pakistanis. We should be cautious of the fact that they shouldn't hand over some tanks or something like that, which will be affecting us. And such things can happen because everything is a money, commerce issues. So one has to be cautious. And I think in case of the United States, and you mentioned President Trump, you don't know what is happening tomorrow and day after tomorrow or yesterday. Everything, every day it changes. Thank you so much. You were listening to a discussion on security scenario in Jammu and Kashmir. The participants were Lieutenant General Rakesh Sharma, defense expert, and Amitav Sinha, political analyst, Sudhiranjan Sen, journalist, initiated and moderated the discussion. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. You can also listen to this program on our website newsonair.com. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com. Music